Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Jesus says, have faith in God. Have faith in God's plan for your life. Have faith that he has a purpose and believe in that purpose and engage in that purpose. And that's where you find meaning. That's where you find significance in life. And so trust in God and know that the things that seem impossible to you are possible with him. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 11, verses 12 through 33, in a message titled, Have Faith in God. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Now, Bill Gates, who's not like an outspoken atheist necessarily, but he he just simply said this. He said, DNA is more advanced than any software ever created, okay? So I'm saying that Jesus says, have faith in God. Some people say, oh, I I can't do that. I just, I don't see any, any evidence for God. Like I said, we'll look in the mirror. But let's look in the microscope. Let's, let's look at DNA. Now, DNA is the information source that makes every living thing what it is. So DNA is made up of nucleotides, four molecules. That's also called a molecule. DNA is a molecule in every living thing telling it what it should look like and how it should function. So DNA is a code. How do you have a code but not a coder? It makes zero sense. And as complicated as computer codes are, DNA is infinitely more complicated than that. So, so the idea that you could have something so complex that came about not because of an intelligent mind behind it, but just, just randomly came into existence, that, that is the idea, that's what Dawkins and others believe, it, it just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. As a matter of fact, molecular biologist Douglas Axe, he put it this way, he said, the chance that DNA could have developed through random chance mutations as... Dawkins and others suggest, is 1 in 10 to the 74th power. Now, that's a, a number that, you know, is <laughs> incomprehensible. Um, but he, he wanted to give us, you know, some sort of a way to, to comprehend it to some extent. So he said, this is what, this is what it would be like. For, for DNA to develop through just random mutations, it would be the same as... An atom, an atom, A-T-O-M, marked. Somehow you got to mark this atom. And this atom is, it's somewhere in the Milky Way galaxy. And now what you do is you get an astronaut and you blindfold him. And the chance that the astronaut's going to just, you know, reach out and grab that atom 
is the same chance that DNA is going to develop through random mutations. So what does it tell you? Mathematically, it is utterly impossible. So it's impossible for there to be a sophisticated code like DNA is without there being an intelligent mind behind it. Without there being a coder, it, it, it can't happen. So the next time somebody says to you, I don't see any evidence for a God, just ask them if they know anything about DNA. Ask them if they know that it's a code. And then just simply ask them, who coded it? See, there, there has to be. So, so this idea that having faith in God is something that, you know, only unintelligent people do that. There's, there's really just nothing more absurd. So DNA is a code. There must be a coder. I can't think of anyone better than the God of the Bible to fit the bill. So having faith in God seems to me to be the most reasonable thing any human being could do. Now, let's take this same sentence and let's practically apply it. So, there is a God, contrary to popular opinion. There is a God. Jesus says, have faith in God. Now, Jesus, of course, is speaking to people who believe in God. And, and I'm speaking probably mostly to people who believe in God as well. So let, let's think about that sentence, have faith in God. When we have faith in God, this is what we're putting our faith in. And if I didn't say it, let me just say it now. A synonym for faith is trust. So just think, think about when you're talking about having faith in God, you're just really saying trust in God. Now, the question is, is God trustworthy? And it sure seems like he is. We have a, a book. We have a historical record of God's faithfulness throughout the centuries. It's called the Bible. We have one here with us today. We have many. So we trust God is trustworthy. We see that he's trustworthy. So now when we think of, of us believing in God, I want to put it like this. Have faith in the God who, first of all, made you. When you're struggling with trusting God, just remember this. God made you. God made you. And we already talked about what a miracle that is just in looking at the DNA itself. But, but God made you. He made you specifically. And David put it like this. Without the, the understanding of everything that was going on on the cellular level, David could still look at nature around him. He could look up into the sky and he could look at his own reflection and he could say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And listen, when we really begin to get hold of, you know, the truth of the complexity of our being, it's a thing that really strikes the best kind of fear in a person's heart. It's the kind of thing that really 
reduces a person to their knees because you, you just realize. And you know, some of these great scientific minds, again, contrary to popular belief, not all scientists are atheists. There are many scientists that are believers and all of the early founders of what we know today as modern science, almost every one of them to a person was a believer. Most of them were actually Christians in the true biblical sense. Many of them just were theistic. They just believed that there was a God. But when a person who, you know, maybe comes to understand the complexity of the DNA or just some of the different things that our bodies do or, or maybe the, um, the vastness of the universe and the fine-tuning of the universe, how everything is just perfectly fit right in order for life as we know it to happen. When, you know, there are, there are people who, when they discover this, scientists, these discoveries have in some cases, or, or maybe not a discovery, but maybe in, in some cases just a, a realization, this has brought people to their knees. It's the, it's the recognition, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So remember, we are to put our faith in the one who made us. Now, here's my point. If you are, and I am, and we are, as complex as the data reveals, then that also shows us that the God who made us is infinitely brilliant. And if you are the child of the infinitely brilliant God, guess what? You can trust him. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Now, one of, one of the atheist arguments, you know, the funny thing about atheists is it's like, in one sense, they almost know that they can't dismiss God. It's really more that they just don't like the God that is presented. I mean, that, that's really it. They don't want there to be a God like the Bible reveals. They don't want there to be a God who judges. They don't want there to be a God who allows things they can't understand. And so they really just don't like what God does. But if we understand the utter brilliance of God, and our minds can't even like remotely begin to comprehend his utter brilliance, then we also ought to just face the fact that he knows things that we don't know. And what looks like a mess to us or what looks like a disaster or what looks like a misfortune or what looks like this never should have happened if there was a God. You know, if we understand who God is, we just say, okay, you know, I don't understand that, but my brain is so small, I couldn't comprehend it. But, but the God I serve, he knows what he's doing. And that's the message for me and for you. God knows what he's doing in our lives. And we can trust him that he actually knows what he's doing. The one who created the DNA, he knows what he's doing. The one who, who put all of that information there. Do you know that they say that the, all the world's data, all the information in the world could be contained in a spoonful of DNA? Wow, that's a lot of information. That, that's amazing. Uh, again, with, with DNA, if you were to type out the code if you were to start typing, it's 60 words a minute, eight hours a day, it would take you 50 years to type out the code for DNA. So that's, that's more information than, 
you know, I mean, I, I have some volumes in my library of, you know, books of 500 pages, 700 pages, 900 pages. And I look at that, I think, who, who in the world could write a 900-page book? Well, think about 60 words a minute, eight hours a day, 50 years, and, and then you've, you've just then spelled out the information in the DNA. So the God that we're talking about trusting, he created that. We can trust him. But the second thing is that the God that Jesus calls us to have faith in is a God who loves us. He's a God who loves us. And he loves us supremely. How do we know that? Because he said when he came into the world as a human being, he said on one occasion, he said the greatest love is to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus said that. He said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down their life for their friends. And then he says, and, and you are my friends. And, and that's what he would go on to do. You know, we wonder sometimes, does God really love me? And you know, the great thing is God didn't leave that up to our subjective feelings to determine whether that's true or not. You know, sometimes I might get up in the morning and, you know, do I feel God loves me today? Maybe not. But that doesn't change the fact. How do I know that God loves me? How do you know that God loves you? How do you know that you can say to your neighbor or to your colleague at work? Or how do you know you can say, man, God loves you? Because the Bible says that God demonstrated his love for us. God actually demonstrated his love. And where did he demonstrate it? In that Christ died for the ungodly. You can say to every person in the world, God loves you. And I can point you to the evidence of God's love for you. Christ died on a cross outside of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. That's the demonstration of God's love for us. And in the book of Revelation, in the first chapter, there's a reference to Jesus, and it refers to him as the one who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So you see, Jesus says, have faith in God. Have faith in the God who made you. Have faith in the God who loves you. And thirdly, and finally, have faith in the God who has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a plan. And we already know the brilliance of God. I mean, at least we got a little glimpse of it. God has plans. The universe itself is, it's, it's very structured. It's very well planned. Some have said that it seems that the universe was made by a great mathematical mind. So, you know, mathematical people, engineers, people like that, what do they do? They, they plan things out. And God created you and he created me with a plan and a purpose for our lives. Now, you know, again, to me, I, I don't know, like atheism, I think it's just a, it's kind of like a popular fad. You know, people just want to jump on the atheism train without really thinking about it. I mean, because, you know, it's essentially a worldview that says your life means absolutely nothing. You have zero purpose you are simply just a result of accidental things that occurred. 
and you're here, you're a blip on the radar screen, you're here temporarily, and then you're gone. If you want meaning, you got to figure it out on your own, but that's the best we can give you. Now, you know, I just simply reject that as a view. I just say, sorry, I disagree. I, I disagree. And I think if people stopped and thought about you know, apart from somehow it's cool to be an atheist, but, you know, to get, get around the cool part of it, to just think about the practical realities of it. Wow, meaningless, purposeless? And I, I don't feel like my life is meaningless. I mean, I might go through hard times or have, you know, difficulties that, that tempt me toward despair, and maybe I get to a place where I'm kind of feeling like that. But, you know, the, the reality is, even when our lives are like that, we think, well, wait, they should be different. And because they're not different, I'm depressed. But why should they be different? Well, we just intuitively know that they should be different because my life means something. So you see, the Bible says your life means something. And human dignity and significance and meaning and all of those things, you know, they're wrapped up in the fact that you're not an accident that you're not the result of random chance mutations, but you're the byproduct of a brilliant mind with a loving heart who created you for a purpose. And the scripture reminds us of that in that great passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 there God expresses the plans that he has. Now he's speaking to the nation of Israel in the context, but the application is certainly personal as well because it's true. Here's what he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your life. Jesus says, have faith in God. Have faith in God's plan for your life. Have faith that, that he has a purpose and believe in that purpose and engage in that purpose. And that's where you find meaning. That's where you find significance in life. And so trust in God and know, this is the whole point of the statement, Trust in God and know that the things that seem impossible to you are possible with him. Jesus wants us to trust God. He wants you to today in 2019, he wants you to be just like Abraham or like Moses or be like Abraham's wife, Sarah. Or be like, you know, anybody else we, we find in Scripture. Be like Mary when the angel came and told her what was going to happen. What did they do? They said, I, I believe it. I believe it. And God wants you to do the same thing. And he wants me to do the same thing. He wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to trust in him. He wants us to remember that he made us. And that he loves us. And that he has a plan. And so we exercise faith by either standing firm because the winds of our circumstances are sometimes trying to blow us out of 
that place of trusting God. So in some cases, we, we need to trust God and stand firm. In some cases, we need to trust God and step out. See, in some cases, God might be saying, I want you to trust me for this. And, and I want you to take this step. And so by having faith in God, you, you're saying, okay, God, I believe you. You've been faithful. Your track record is great. I, I see all throughout history, these men and women that you've been faithful in their lives. So God, I'm going to believe that for my life today. And listen, the difference between belief and unbelief is the difference between joy and peace and blessing and misery and distress and, and confusion. And it's possible for Christians, true Christians, people who believe or have believed in God in, in the more you know, sense of, yes, God's the Savior, Jesus the Son of God. It's possible to believe that, but not to believe the, the more specific part about God's plan for your life. Believe it all. Believe the plan of God for your life. Trust him. Trust God. That's what Jesus says. Because if you trust God, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea. Meaning, if you trust God, what seems impossible is not impossible. God can do it. And God will work in your life. And so we believe that he loves us. We believe that he has a plan. But also remember that the God who wrote your DNA and arranged this universe so perfectly for us to dwell in, remember that that's who God is when things don't seem to make sense. Because, of course, things won't make sense sometimes. We're, we're talking about the infinite God, and we are finite beings. So the finite can never comprehend the, the infinite. So there are times when God's doing something and it doesn't make sense. And you're tempted. You think, well, wait, God, I thought you loved me. But, but this doesn't look like it. Okay, that doesn't make sense to me. But I can't see everything God sees. So I fall back. No, God does love me. He proved his love. He showed me that he loved me. So you see, that, that's how we go through life. A God who created a universe with such precision knows precisely what is best for me and you. And so have faith in God. Trust him. Believe in him. Don't relegate this to, well, that's what they used to do back in the time of the Bible. Now we just worry and get stressed out and try to find other things to solve our problems. No, let's not do that. Because the same God who was working in those people, in those previous generations, is our God. And he wants us to have faith. He wants us to trust him. And he's proven that he is trustworthy. Let's join Pastor Brian as he shares about this month's resource from Back to Basics. 
Hi, Pastor Brian here. I wanted to recommend a book that my wife absolutely loves. It is a book about Gladys Elward. Gladys Elward was a young woman who went as a missionary to China, and God used her in an extraordinary way. The book is written by Phyllis Thompson, and she is one of Cheryl's favorite authors. So for those of you that might be interested in missionary biographies and the story, especially of how God has used a woman like Gladys, this is a book for you. So I highly recommend A London Sparrow. That's the title of the book, A London Sparrow, the inspiring and true story of Gladys Elward by Phyllis Thompson. Again, this month's resource is a book titled A London Sparrow, the inspiring and true story of Gladys Allward by Phyllis Thompson. You can order the book A London Sparrow by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give the gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book A London Sparrow by Phyllis Thompson to encourage you in God's ability to use you for extraordinary things. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.